The Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Licio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Licio. Hello, Flagler County. Yes, and Fla- I hear Flagler County in unison. Hello back to Mike Licio. It's the best week of the year. Fall sports season, the regular season begins this week for a whole host of sports. So, 15 sporting events on the calendar this week in Flagler County between the two high schools. 15? 15. Wow, that is a lot. And, of course, uh, um, a week from yesterday, this upcoming Friday, we are going to be at the season opener for the FPC Bulldogs, a battle of Bulldogs, the Swanee Bulldogs, Live Oak. We're making the trip, Mike. The longest trip WNZF has ever made for a sporting event, 153 miles each way. Wait, wait, wait. What? what? How long? 153 <laughs> miles. They didn't tell you that part, did they? Yeah, wait a second. I didn't <laughs> sign up for this. <laughs> I need to talk to my agent. <laughs> my agent's my dog, by the way. But 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 we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> you should get hazard pay. Yeah, that's true. So you know, you never know Five what hours can in happen. The car with me. <laughs> Five hours in the car with me. You should get hazard pay. Yeah, I think you're driving this time, so <laughs> I can take the wheel if you want. But maybe that's not a good idea. You know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't insult me, Mike. Don't insult me. Never. Never. <laughs> It, it's the Richard Mites Sports Show, and we are pumped up, as you said, because we are getting ready for some local sports. Um, and it's always exciting to get the football season started. But, you know, one of the things I think that I'm most excited about is the hope that a new season brings. And especially when you look at the FPC Bulldogs, there's a lot of mystery involved here with the new coach and some turnover. Who's the quarterback going to be? Um you know, we had the final tune-ups yesterday, so hopefully uh, it all turns out good and we get out there. They did win that game in Live Oak. I think uh, Live Oak came over last year, right? They they visited yes. FPC last year. Um, yes, 38-10. Uh, but if you talk to Daniel Fish about it, he went and watched the tape. And he, I, he, I, I asked him, I said, is that game closer than it looks on the scoreboard or was it just me? And he said, no, there were a lot of opportunities that, Swanee was just not able to take chances or take advantage of. So, not surprising though when you go look back at it. We we did the game and Swanee moved the ball up and down the field. They just really once they got into plus territory, they really couldn't finish any drives. Made some turnovers, some bad penalties. It really should have been closer than twenty eight points, and that's the message that Daniel Fish has been preaching. Don't get comfortable with the fact that we beat this team by four touchdowns because after that FPC game. Swanee went on and won 10 of their next 11 games and advanced into the regional finals in the playoffs. So this is a team that has their sights set on some big things this year, and they're looking to start the season off by knocking off a 4S school in FPC and get their season rolling at home. They have a beautiful stadium out there. I can't wait to go out there. They actually have a stadium in the city of Live Oak. It's not on campus, but it's a big 7,000 seat stadium so it's going to be a fun place to do a game and I'm really looking forward to seeing the new look Bulldogs of FPC oh yeah and it, it, I was told it's a nice big press box so a, a lot of room to stretch you know 
move around, do activities. So I'm pretty, we've been in some tight situations, Mike, but it sounds like this is going to be a comfortable one. I think for once, you know, road trips are always a toss up. You know, we've had really great road trips. The land is always the best place to do a game. And then we've been other schools in Volusia County where it was three of us in a phone booth. Yeah. Well, four of us, because usually there's a writer there when we're there. So four of us in a phone booth. So I don't think this is going to be the case. We're on the road the first two weeks. Matanzas is at South Lake High School in Groveland, outside of Orlando this coming week. We'll be joining the Pirates in week two when they take on Tokoy Creek up in St. Augustine. FPC is off week two. It's just kind of the way the schedule worked out. I don't think that was something they were looking to do. They were had an opening for a week two game, and their plan was to have a week ten bye. But Tokoy Creek joined FPC's district after Palaka, Keystone Heights, and Bradford, all small schools, have Tokoy Creek moved out of their district because Tokoy Creek, when they joined the district two years ago, only had about 1,300 students. They now have about 2,700. So Palaka, those three schools have a combined enrollment of about 2,900. So it seemed like the Tokoy had an unfair advantage. So the FHSAA drops Tokoy in the FPC's district and FPC ends up with a week two by because week 10 is when those two will be playing. Pretty interesting. And, and a programming note for uh, the game Friday night, usually we have a kickoff time of 7 o'clock. Kickoff is actually 7.30 uh, for week one, Mike, right? That is correct. You know, they didn't move it for us. I, I wonder why. <laughs> Look, but, when, they changed, when they changed from 7.30 to 7 o'clock kickoffs in this area, I think I was the only person who was opposed to it because I was usually traveling, like, for – about the first 10 years that I did games in Flavon County, I was traveling from work in Jacksonville every day. So a 7.30 kickoff when you're trying to make it from Jacksonville to FPC is a much better prospect than a 7 o'clock kickoff. But some of these schools outside of the Jacksonville, Daytona area still do 7.30 kickoffs, and Swanee is one of those schools. So that game will kick off at 7.30, but still tune in at 7 o'clock because we've got something coming up for you. Oh, yeah. What, what are we going to call it? It's going to be a special pregame show. Uh, do we have a name for this show, Mike? The Football County Kickoff Show. There you go. I love it. The Football County Kickoff Show. I'm super pumped up about that. So, yeah, tune in at 7 o'clock anyway because you're going to have the best pregame show in town. Okay, it's the only pregame show in town, but it's still the best one. And Mike, you're Don't gonna, let the facts get in the way of a good story, Rich. That's right. And uh, you, you're going to have a bunch of great interviews for us, right? Yep. We're going to hear from both coaches and two players that yet to be confirmed, but they'll be players that you know and love from each school. We'll talk a little bit about Matanzas' game against Southlake. We'll talk about our game, FPC Swanee. We'll break down the districts for you and what each team has to do to find themselves continuing to play football deep into November. And it's going to be a good time. Yeah, oh, I'm pumped up about it. We're just getting started here. So the Football County Classic. No, no, what is it again? The, the, pre, <laughs> that by the me Football again. County Kickoff Show. There you go. Football County Kickoff Show on Friday at 7 o'clock, followed by the actual game, Swanee FPC, first game of the season, Battle of Bulldogs, right here on News Radio WNZF. And it all gets started Friday, August 25th at seven o'clock so we're pretty pumped up about that and you know what else we're pumped up about 
Mike, uh, one week from today is going to be a very, very special, <laughs> very special Rich and Mike sports show. Because what we're going to try to do this year is we're going to try to make the uh, Rich and Mike sports show sort of a post game for the game itself, except you get to, to hear the post game the morning after the game. You know what I mean? So um, this Friday, uh, this Saturday upcoming, next Saturday, one week from today, it's going to be a little difficult to do that because how long is the drive, Mike? Uh, from <laughs> It's about two and a half hours for me and closer to three for you. So um, a pretty long. It's going to be hard to record a show after the game when we get back home. So what we're going to do, it's going to be a very special Rich and Mike sports show on the road with Rich and Mike. How about that one? Is that a good title? You, you're so much better than me coming up with these titles. But that, how about that? On the road with Rich and Mike. That was the only one I could come up with. So I think it's a winner. Yeah, on the road. So we'll record. The, and, and Mike, he'll be very, you know, he, he's not going to be, uh, uh, this is radio, right? So you can keep your eyes on the road and keep us safe, right? Absolutely. And I-10 is literally a straight line from Jacksonville to Pensacola. So, <laughs> you know, the occasional hill in there, here and there. But other than that, it's a pretty smooth shot. It'll be close to or after midnight, so there won't be anybody on the road. So I don't have any concerns about the safety of us other than my normal terrible driving. <laughs> so, uh, no, yeah, it, it's awesome. So we'll be on the road um, in the car, coming back, talking about the game. So if you missed the game Friday night, you can actually experience the long ride home. I guess it'll be condensed, right? Because the show is a half an hour long. The ride home is three hours. So you, you'll get the 30-minute version of that. But if you missed the game Friday, you can enjoy the ride home with the Rich and Mike Sports Show as we talk about the game. <laughs> yep, we'll talk about the game and also – We'll have a very special interview with NASCAR driver Ty Dillon, who I interviewed earlier this week in anticipation of the Daytona Coke Zero Sugar 400. That'll be on next Saturday night. So we got to, well, you'll hear from Ty Dillon, a little preview of that. And, you know, WNDF has some of the best racing coverage in the area. Six to seven on Friday nights before our game is Trackside Live. So you'll get... A little extra NASCAR on WNZF next weekend as well. There you go. Looking forward to that. All right. Um, so we got the football all set up. You got the football county pregame show kickoff classic. Uh, I'll get the name straight. Mike has one more time. Mike, give it to me. <laughs> the football county kickoff show. Football county kickoff show Friday at seven o'clock, followed by the game at seven thirty, and a very special on the road with the Rich and Mike Sports Show Saturday morning. Big week for us next week. What else is going on here locally, Mike? Well, all the fall sports week zero is what they call this past week. So this is when you have your preseason games and your preseason meets and events. And so now we're into week one of the fall sports season. So the regular season kicks off for all the fall sports teams, bowling, volleyball, cross country, swimming, golf, football, all kick off this week. Um, FPC is hosting a meet next week at at the Flagler County Fairgrounds at 7 a.m. Uh, it'll be the uh, a cross country meet at the fairgrounds, so you can go out and check that out early in the morning and still get on with your day. Um, golf will have FPC and Matanzas facing off in boys golf at Palm Harbor this week as well. 
and you're just getting into the game of golf. I am a huge golf fan and um, a terrible golfer. And I was very excited because I got to interview somebody who doesn't suck at golf. Um, <laughs> Alexander, Alexander Gazzoli from Matanzas. She won the Florida Women's Amateur, which means she's the best female golfer in the state of Florida. And she has a trophy on her shelf that tells her that that is true. So, do you know anything about a handicap, Rich? Yeah, no. uh, I believe I do. I, I guess uh, it has something to do with a mulligan. You know, you get extra shots. Uh, that... So, sort of. So, what it is is if if you're a scratch golfer, which means you regularly shoot par, and you're playing with somebody who's a ten handicap, you have to give them ten shots. Wow. Well, Alexandra is a plus five handicap. So what that means is that not only would she have to give that person ten shots because they're a 10 handicap, she'd have to give them five more because she's that much better than them. So, so a par, a golfer who shoots par shoots about five shots worse than Alexandra. So that her game is unbelievable. She's committed to Florida state. She has her sights set on the LPGA at some point, And I think she's well on her way. And I got to spend some time interviewing her earlier this week i've got alexandra gazzoli defending state champion golfer alexandra thank you for joining me today yeah thank you for having me so let's start at the beginning that's where i always like to start how did you get into golf i started when i was around two and i guess pretty much everyone in my family played so like i have two older brothers and my parents had them playing so i just maybe they gave me a club and i just sit around but when I was around nine is when I started taking it seriously. What is a daily routine like for you? I know, especially at the level of golfer that you are, there's a lot of practice involved. I mean, usually I try to get out early in the morning before it gets too hot. You know, I'll start out with like some short game, maybe chipping just to get warmed up a little bit. And I'll usually go to the range, maybe go to different clubs and hitting different shots or trying to uh, imagine some holes. And then usually I'll go putt and do lag putting and do a lot of drills. And I'll usually go and do some more short games. Then in the afternoon, I'll probably go back and work on my wedges. And then at night after dinner, when it's cooler out, my dad and I will either like go play a couple holes or putt some more. What would you say is the strongest part of your game? I would say I'm ball striking, probably. Have you ever had a hole-in-one? <laughs> no, I haven't. What was it like to make it to the state championship and then to put on a performance to be able to go out and win? Yeah, I mean, I was really happy to be back there. It was a little disappointing to be going as an individual, but again, I was happy to be there. And I felt like I played good the first day. I didn't do as well as second day, but... I don't know, because at that course, I usually don't always play my best, so I was happy to finally play that day. Having played at a course and won at a course where you sometimes struggle, does that give you more confidence when you're playing in other events, such as the Florida Women's Amateur that you were able to win this past month? I do gain a lot of confidence when I play better, I guess especially at a course that maybe isn't my favorite. If you have a bad round and then say, okay, I can just go out the next round and bounce back. Not many people get that opportunity, and there's not many people who go out and actually win it. So what was that experience like for you? The first day I shot 68, which is my best round in the tournament. So I was really happy to kind of have that breakthrough finally. 
you know, I played a really nice course and played with a lot of good players. And I felt like I had three really solid rounds. What was your mindset going into the playoff? I was very confident because I always do very well in playoffs. So I guess I kind of had this feeling that I was going to win. I was playing as someone that I've played with before, and you know, she's a really great player. What's it like to be back with your teammates? It's nice. Yeah, over the summer, I hadn't really seen them at all, so it's nice to get back and kind of hang out with them again. What's your favorite part of being on the team? I would say the social part of it, because uh, I do virtual school, so that aspect of it's really nice. What golfers do you look up to? Is there anybody at the professional level, the college level, that you look up to? Growing up, I always looked up to, like, Michelle Wee. I always liked the way that she played and conducted herself. So I think she's someone that I've always looked up to. I'm a huge, big Wheezy fan. She's she's actually my favorite women's golfer. I'm a big fan of Charlie Hull. It's nice to have those people to look up to, I'm sure. I'd bring up Charlie Hull. She plays very aggressively. Is that the style of play? Do you, do you play aggressively or you tend to let the course come to you more? You know, I think naturally I'm more aggressive. When I was younger, I made more of dumb mistakes and being too aggressive. So I think I'm kind of learning when to be aggressive, when to go for it. So I guess it's trying to balance it, like not doing something really dumb and costing yourself a lot of stuff. So I would say I am on the more aggressive side of things. I can learn a lot from that, actually. What are your goals for this season? I would really like to make it to state as a team, and I'd like to, if I could, win the individual title again. You're committed to Florida State, is that correct? Yes. Why Florida State? There's a couple reasons. Probably the biggest is I grew up a fan, so I do have a big emotional attachment to there. You know, I love Tallahassee, and they, just, they have great facilities. They've the coaches are really great, and their program is one of the best. Surprisingly, it was a tougher decision than I thought it would be. What schools made that decision tough? Oklahoma State and Clemson were the other two that I was seriously considering. There you go, Alexandra Gazzoli. I mean, the best female golfer in the state of Florida, Mike? That's awesome. You know, I'm prone to hyperbole, but in this case, it's actually true. I was very impressed. I could have sat there and talked to Alexandra all day. I really could have because the golf nerd comes in at me and I wanted to ask her about equipment. I wanted to try to talk more about how she plays the game. I liked when she said, I used to be too aggressive and made a lot of dumb mistakes that cost me shop. And that's pretty much me in a nutshell playing golf. So it was fun to listen to that, you know, we we're both Italian. I found out that she plays with ping clubs, and so do I. Oh. And that's about where the similarities end. I got Titleist, but that's just because that was the best deal I could find on the Facebook Marketplace. So, <laughs> well, don't, get me, don't get me started. I'm a golf equipment nerd, so I'll spare everybody a breakdown. But you know, a couple I've of Callaway I woods too, Mike. How about that? You know, Callaway is the one brand that I really haven't had in the bag very much. I have a Titleist putter right now. I've had Titleist drivers in the past. Right now, I've got, I've got Ping, I've got PXG, and I've got Cobra Woods. Um, so, and I'm in the market for a new putter. I guess we'll tell this story since we're here. We're talking about golf. I have Brian Harmon, former Georgia Bulldog great, won the British Open a month ago, and 
I'm listening to a podcast and they said, well, he uses the tailor-made spider OSCB putter, which is a putter that he made back in 2016. And I said, hmm, I wonder how much I could sell said putter on for eBay. And so then I started to joke around with my son and my friend. And I said, I'm going to look on eBay and just see how much one of these are going for. Well, I sold it for about five times what I paid for it. Wow. So I'm in the market for a new putter. I had to put the old Titleist putter back in the bag. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the, I guess as you become a better golfer, at least understand your game, you get a feel for the type of clubs that you like. Is that how it works? I mean, I'm still, I'm a 30 handicap right now, but I still, I went last year and as a project, I bought some clubs up in Jacksonville, not too far from where FPC played last night. And I went to this golf store, they were closing, so I, and they said, we'll give you a set of these irons for $200, so I bought them, and I kept them for about 10 years. And then about two years ago, I decided I wanted to rebuild my own bag. So it started actually with that putter that I found on the garage sale, and then I found a driver, I found some woods I liked, and then as I found I liked this three wood, I went and bought a five wood and a seven wood in the same set. I found my iron. So it was a fun project to put together my own bag from top to bottom, you know, it hasn't helped me much because I'm still a terrible golfer, but it's just, it's kind of fun when you get those clubs again and you say, okay, well, these are my clubs. These are the ones I picked out and for better or for worse, mostly for worse, but I tried to find equipment that fit my level of game. You know, that's something that sometimes golfers get in trouble with is they want to go and play the same driver. Scotty Scheffler is hitting on the PGA tour well, there's a reason Scotty Scheffler is the number one golfer in the world, and he can hit that driver. You and I, the hacks that we are, we can't. Right. Yeah, no, and I think it's a similar thing with baseball. I played a lot of baseball growing up, and, you know, it was important what bat you were using, what glove you you were using, you know, what cleats you had on. So, um, you know, golf is... If you, if you had that silver and green... Eastern bat, you had the best <laughs> bat in the world. It still might be one of the best bats ever made. That thing was built for hitting tanks. <laughs> there you go. Um, now, one of the things I find uh, most interesting about golf, Mike, is is uh, you know it's very fashionable. It's a. a are you uh, one of these guys that wear these colorful shirts and shorts? Are are you trying? Are you a fashionista on the golf course? Have you ever seen me be a fashionista <laughs> anywhere else? I was, you know, I'm picturing a very colorful attire, you know, and sometimes you got the hat with the fuzzy ball on top of it, you know, you got any of that? No, I had one of those hats. You did? I had one of those hats, (laughs) and my wife hated it, and, you know, when we moved, somehow that hat doesn't, I can't (laughs) find it. It's not with my other 80 hats that I have in a drawer in my house. You know, I had a, a pair of orange Knicks basketball shorts that my wife couldn't stand. And, yeah, those have uh, mysteriously disappeared as well. So uh, I, I feel you on that, Mike. It's happened to me, too. So, no, great conversation there with one of the best athletes in the county, in the, in the state. And you just you have to imagine it's it has to be a positive um, influence on the rest of the team to have an athlete that great. You learn from them. Um, you're hearing a lot of that out of jet camp right now with, um, with Aaron Rodgers and, and learning, uh, I think I, I heard an interview with, um, Quinn and Williams and he was talking about how you don't necessarily, le- obviously he's on the defensive end of the ball. It's more, um, 
learning how a Hall of Famer goes about their business and their work ethic and what do they do when they show up. And, uh, and you know, you learn aspects of outside of the game itself, how you can improve yourself um, to be better at the game, you know, how you can improve your worth at work ethic, how you can approach the game. Um, and I think it's probably something similar um, when you're on a high school team and you realize, man, I'm playing with the best female golfer in the state. And Brandy Allred, their coach, alluded to that last week when we talked to her. And I, she said one of the things she said, and I think I said it last week too, is she says, well, when Alexandra has a chip near the green, she goes and walks it off from her chip to the pin and walks back so she can get an idea of what the chip is. And I'm like thinking, I've been playing golf for 20 years. I would have never thought of something like that. Right. Because I'm not good. But she talked about how they pick up her habits and they pick up on some of the – because one of the things, you're learning to play the game of golf and, you know, learning the swing, the swing is important. But the next step is to manage the, yourself on the golf course. What do you do when you miss a fairway? What do you do when you're in a tough lie, a downhill lie, a sidehill lie, when you've got a chip from 40 yards out? How do you how do you approach those things? And I think those are the things they're learning from Alexandra because she knows how to do those things, whereas a lot of people, especially at that age, even if you're a fairly talented golfer, you're still kind of learning. And so some, you, there is no thought process to it. So I'm going to go give this a whack and see what happens. And I think they've learned a lot of those good habits and those good methods that she uses to elevate her game to where it is, where I heard that Aaron Rodgers was called the Alexander Gazzoli of football. <laughs> you heard it here first on, uh, on the Rich and Mike sports show, but, uh, and, and another, this was pretty good when, uh, you, you ask her, um, when did you start playing golf? And she says she started playing at two years old. And I thought about it and I was like, man, I don't think I started anything at two years old. I, I can't remember Anything being to, you know, was I playing baseball? Was I doing, how do you start anything, especially something like golf at two years old? It sounds impossible to me. You're still trying to master the potty at that point. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But, but you get it. Some people are natural. You just put a club in a kid's hand and they whack it. Like my son, he's not a very good golfer yet, but he, one of the things he does is when he hits the ball, and he actually connects. He hits a nice little draw, which is uh, a right-to-left ball flight for you non-golfers. And that's hard to do. And he's able to do it naturally. And some people just take to it like a hand to a glove. Even when they're two years old. <laughs> Even when they're two years old. Go watch video of Tiger Woods when he was two and three years old. It was already all there. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. It's just with you already. You naturally go about it. Um, like a pack of wolves hunting, you know, nobody taught you that, but, uh, Hey, it's instinct. And some people, I I guess, uh, it's instinct to be good at a certain sport or, or um, you see it with prodigies and musical instruments. It's just, uh, uh, an incredible thing, but that, that's just what entered my mind. I was like, do I remember doing anything at two years old? Uh, not at all. I can't remember playing any game. You, like you said, you're trying to master the potty. You're trying to get solid food down. You know, uh, it's uh, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, you know, become a better golfer at two years old. I wonder what my handicap was at two. You know, <laughs> do you think you said what's your handicap? You said you're a 30 handicap. I'm at 30. I could pull it up right now, but I'm, I'm at 30.7. And do you think uh, um, 
Do you think she was a a thirty handicap at two? At two, maybe. <laughs> Do you think she was but a better she, golfer than you at two? You know, it, it could be. You, you know, never know. I I wish I had asked that question. I'd like to know when the first time she broke par on a golf course was, because I'll bet it was at a surprisingly young age. Like I said, she's seventeen years old, and she's out there beating she that Florida women's amateur. You have some of the best adult female golfers in the state. You have a lot of college golfers competing in that tournament. And and she was able to outclass all of them. And she beat, in fact, she beat a college golfer in the playoff to win the women's amateur. So there's not enough words to express the level that she is at already. And the, the, the ceiling for her, the ceiling is the roof. Yeah. And, and you understand the work ethic too. She says she gets up early in the morning, avoid the heat and, I guess to do something like that, there's also got to be some love there. So um, I, I think part of it that I find impressive as well is you find something at a young age that you do well and you enjoy doing and you don't you're not just satisfied with the fact that you're good at this. You want to be better and you put the work in and to be that age and put that kind of work in. That's a very special thing. Not everybody can do that. Yeah, we're very lucky to have her here in Flagler County, and it's only the beginning. You know, she's coming into the season as the favorite to repeat as state champion, and she finished second the year before that. So, her game is going to take her to places that you and I can never dream. Unbelievable, and <laughs> maybe Live Oak, where we will be next Friday for FPC Swanee. Looking forward to it. One week from today, a very special on the road with the Rich and Mike Sports Show. But that's it for today. We'll see you next time. Have a great weekend, Flagler County.